Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Ugh. I apologize in advance for the lateness of this podcast. Like, literally, it's Tuesday at 527 PST. I should have been recorded this thing. My apologies. There's 50 million things going on behind the scenes. None of them that I can talk about just yet. I'm waiting on a couple things. And emails and Zooms and texts and phone calls are flying. Hopefully, I'll have something to announce sooner than later. There's the thing that I told you about. And then there's like, there's something else. And, and let's keep it 100, I went out last night, I didn't overserve myself, but I did enjoy some, you know, joyful libations. Um, I told y'all last week I had planned to do nothing this week because I was going out a bunch over the weekend. There was the Ebony 100 was this past weekend, 
and there was a reception on Friday. And then my friend was hosting an event for Corey Bush on a really sexy rooftop downtown on Saturday morning. And then we went to Soho House. That wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. And then there was the award ceremony for Ebony that night. So I was like, I'm going to be out all weekend peopling. I was also supposed to do brunch on Sunday. There was so much going on. And, you know, like I, I like people, but I need a break from peopling. I'm an introvert who can do extrovert-esque things for a period of time. But once the time is up, I ain't got nothing else for you. I got to go sit alone for days, not even hours, but for days to recharge from all my extrovert activity. So that was the plan. And then a very sweet woman who I've known like forever and a day, um, Theola over at RCA. She hit me out the blue and she was like, hey, sis. Everyone forgets that I live in L.A. I still get invites for like all the big stuff that happens in New York. She was like, hey, sis, like you're in L.A., yeah? I'm doing this event at Soho House for Jasmine Sullivan, and you should come through. She's performing. And I was like, look, I love Jasmine Sullivan. Like big love, big heart, like love Jasmine Sullivan. Like I listen to Jasmine Sullivan when I work out. That's like my barometer for like who do I really love. I listen to Jasmine Sullivan, especially the new album. Like, I like all of them, but this new album, like, I think, and you know this because I've talked about Jasmine Sullivan on here before. I compared Hotels to a modern-day miseducation of Lauryn Hill. That is how strongly I feel about the Jasmine. So I pulled myself together. I recharged all day Sunday. Like, I literally did not leave the house. And all day Monday, I didn't leave the house until I had to go to Soho House that night for Jasmine. So I got my space from humans. But I went out last night and I ran into a bunch of people, a bunch of people who were at the Ebony 100. And I went with my baby cousin, who's not a baby. She's like pushing 30 now. I'm like a grown ass woman. But she and I went to, um, to the event and they sat us like right up front. And it was so much fun. The champagne was flowing. The Jasmine was singing. I think it's, um, I think it was being shot for Netflix. So Jasmine performed. She only did a couple songs. And then there was a Q&A afterward with um, Sylvia O'Bell and Scotty Bean, two really, really good journalists. They did an amazing job. And I was like, oh, that's why they're so popular. Totally get it. It was a really good conversation. And Jasmine is just like precious and wonderful. Like she's like national treasure status. Like I believe that like we should nominate her for bubble wrapping allowed to come out for like very big events but the rest of the time she must be like preserved for safekeeping to make sure that nothing happens to her i think she's at bubble wrap status she was just so amazing and her voice was so beautiful if you don't follow me on instagram if you only listen to the podcast which is fine i posted a bunch of clips on my instagram and in my instagram stories of jasmine's performance like she just she killed it she sang feelings And seemed really surprised that like the whole audience knew the chorus. And then it dawned on me and I was like, her album came out in the middle of the pandemic and she probably hasn't done a lot of live shows. So she doesn't know that we know the whole album. Like that ain't the only song we could sing, sis. Like we could sing most of the album right back to you right now with no cue cards. Like try us. So she did that song and then she did Girl Like Me and she hit these riffs. It was feeling churchy, like everyone seemed to catch the spirit all at the same time. Like she blew it out, like which I expected her to do, because that's why I got up at my house and put on my like skims and went down to the Soho house to watch her because I knew it was going to be worthwhile. So I would like to plan no human contact for like the next like, you know, three days. But that's not possible. I have a 
big Zoom thing tomorrow and I'm getting a bunch of my services done. You got to go see my lady about my lady. You understand what I'm saying? And then I got to go get my, um, my eyebrows. I get my eyebrows like microbladed. My girl has opened up her shop again. So I got to drive out to Encino because I was like, when's the next availability, please? And so she was like, well, this shop, you know, like two months and this shop Saturday. And I was like, all right, so I'll be driving to Encino on Saturday. I don't even know where Encino is, but I'll be driving out there to get my brows redone. I'm excited about this. My brows need a little touch up. It's been over two years. I didn't get them um, redone during COVID because, you know, stuck in the damn house. I'm also, I'm preparing to look like a human again. I'm quite excited about it. The Ebony 100 was amazing. Did we talk about the reception? No, because last time we spoke, I was getting off of here so I could go get ready to go to the reception. So there was a reception on Friday night at Avalon in Hollywood. It's a really famous like Hollywood club. I realize my people skills ain't what they used to be. I haven't been like at a, like a party party reception sort of thing where I had to like mix and mingle in a closed environment at that. And everyone and their mother was there. I mean, like the L.A. folks and the New York folks and some of the Atlanta folks. Like there was a bunch of people that I haven't seen in forever. And we had to show vaccination cards to get in because that's like the way of L.A. now. So I felt a little better, but I was like, we're in this like enclosed environment, even though it had high ceilings. But then everyone's like, you know, walking up to each other and like and hugging and like, you know, double cheek kissing. And I was like, oh, my God, am I going to die? And then I just realized, like, I don't know how to make small talk anymore. And, like, I'm already, like, a little socially awkward sometimes. I was like, no, now I'm, like, super awkward. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And then I didn't want to, like, drink my awkwardness away because that's just, you know, a recipe for disaster. So, yeah, I was like, I got to work on my social skills. They're just not what they used to be. But the reception was very nice. MOS was the DJ who I love. Him and his wife, Kiss. I've known MOS since I was, like, 18. 19, one of those, went to college together. And then I've known his wife since, I don't know, like I was 23, 24, 25, something like that. They've been together forever. I didn't see Kiss. I heard she was there, but I didn't see her. But there was a bunch of people there. Good black, good quality black. It was a good time. But I didn't stay late just because, again, awkward. And then I had to get up on Saturday morning for a very early makeup appointment because I told you I didn't get the... um, the invite to the event until very late. So I had planned not to go. And then once I decided to go, I had to like run around and squeeze in where I could. So my makeup artist, God bless her. She had five clients already on Saturday. And so she was like, I can squeeze you in before I get to everybody else. So I got my makeup done at 830 on Saturday and stayed in it until it was showtime on Saturday night. It wasn't bad though. I had an event, the Cori Bush event that I just mentioned. I did that on Saturday afternoon, and then I ended up going to Soho House, downtown Soho House, with a few of the girls um, and a guy from the event. And then I left them to come back home and get dressed so my Cadillac could pick me up and take me to the Beverly Hilton, where the, um, the Ebony 100 Gala was. It was very nice. Everyone and their mother was there. Like, I I literally knew half the room. It kind of reminded me of DC CBC, which, you know, we haven't had CBC in two years, which I I desperately miss. But it was good times. Good times. Good presenters. Wayne Brady was the host. He also received the, um, the Vanguard Award. And it was presented to him by Ben Vereen. And I felt so bad because I saw Ben Vereen and I was like, oh. I, I don't know who I confused him with, but I thought Ben Vereen had passed away. He is alive and well, very well. 
spry. Got a cane, but he still got some kick to him. He presented the award to, to Wayne Brady, who's like his Hollywood son. Tamron Hall, she presented. Holly Robinson Pete, Ty Beauchamp. There was just like a little bit of everybody there. Like it was a really, really good time. Oh, I met the Abby. Abby from CNN. She's a PG County girl. You know how I feel about Abby. Like I love her. But I met her and her husband and we took a picture together. And I told her how much we love her because like I'm not the only one that loves the Abby. Like we all love the Abby. Um, but she's so sweet. She's like super, super sweet. And I was like, next time I'm in D.C., like lunch, brunch, dinner, drink something. Like, can we? Because we've got like 50 million friends in common. Like we should all. And so she was like, yes, I would love. So I hope we can make that happen next time I'm in the city. She's such a wonderful human. She has nice goodness energy. I was really, really, really happy to meet her. I mean, but that's it. Like it was it was good times. It was a good award show. Happy to see Ebony flourishing. Um, they'd had some financial stumbles over the last couple of years, but it's good to see them on the upswing. They did say that their uh, print publication will be coming back. They will no longer be just digital. And they're also bringing Jet back. So I was like, oh, okay. Like that's um, an interesting choice to have like a physical copy of the magazine at this time. But, you know, I'm sure they have their reasons. We'll see. I wish them the best. I think Ebony has a very important place in the culture and I want them to thrive. I want them to win. Um, I'm happy for them. They put on a good event. So, yay. Oh, the Cori Bush event. I kind of like brushed over that. My girl, Stephanie, Stephanie James, the collective pack. They've, her pack, I think she said that they've elected 250 black politicos. I think that's what she said. 250 goes at various um, levels of government. I think that's what she said, 250. So she hosted this event for Cori Bush. It was on this really sexy rooftop, not too far from me, just a few blocks over. Like 360 views of downtown LA with the skyscrapers. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and Cori Bush was there. She is amazing. I knew that she was an activist from Missouri. I knew that she had been elected to Congress. I knew that she has been giving folks good trouble and all kinds of hell. I didn't know she was a pastor. Man, she got to speaking and I was like, oh, we about to catch the ghost up in this. I can't even say peace. Uh, I need to watch my mouth sometimes. But she's really good. And I love her philosophies. And I really like I would try to quote her, but I will butcher the things that she quoted. I didn't have my camera up to record her. And I didn't take notes because I was actually just like fully engaged and in complete awe. So I was like, you know what? I want her to come on the show because she was talking about like the representations of black women and what she hopes to accomplish in Congress. She was basically saying that, you know, when the needs of black women are met, everybody else gets their needs met too. So I'll put an ask in and see if she will come talk to us. I think she'll say yes. I'm very excited. Um, I got a great call last week. Remember my friend, um, my friend, Marsha, <laughs> HUD secretary. I told you I met her at my dad's birthday party. Um, apparently they were hanging out in D.C. the other day because my dad called and he was like, I got somebody I want you to talk to and put you on the phone. And usually I get so mad at my dad when he does this. The last time that he did it, I was very upset with him. Like I had to have like a stern conversation with him. And I was like, do not call me and put me on the phone with random people. Like text me and say I'm going to call you or something 
So he called me the other day and he was like, your friend wants to talk to you. Hold on. I'm putting her on. And I was like, who? What? And he was like, your friend, Marsha. And I was like, who? And I'm like driving through Beverly Hills. And I was like, and she was like, hey, Demetria. And I was like, ma'am, you can't just hop on the random phone like you just a regular human. Like you're like the secretary of HUD. Like you have a security detail. Like you got to prep people for this or whatever. But she's not like that, which is why I like her so much. She's just like normal. She's like, hey, Demetria. And I was like, um, hey, Marsha Fudge. Or, or should I say, good afternoon. <laughs> And I was like, she got to be so sick of people saying good afternoon to her. But it's so funny to me. But she ain't want nothing. She was just like, hey, um, I want to do the podcast. And I was like, uh, sure, yeah. And so she was like, all right. She was like, um, you can take down my number. And I was like, I'm actually driving right now. And I was like, I'll get your number from my dad. We'll go through um, like your comms person or whatever. And she was like, no, just text me. <laughs> okay, Marsha. So Marsha Fudge wants to come on the podcast. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. If you have questions for Marsha Fudge, like you can just, I guess, DM me. I'll start doing a roundup of questions for her. Um, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Like, do I know? And I was like, do I need to like go do like a quick primer on like housing and urban development so I can ask her questions? Are we just, you know, like, are we talking to like secretary Marsha Fudge? Are we just talking to like our friend Marsha? I don't know. But I'm excited. I was like, what is my life? I don't even understand these phone calls. It's like freaking crazy. I don't know if you can hear my phone in the background. Like it's going nuts. And I'm like, but I have to get this podcast in because my production company is going to shoot me otherwise. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What else is going on? I don't know what good black news is this week. I'll be honest with you. I haven't really been paying much attention. I do know that All American is back. The new episode for the new season. It's a whole new season, like that quickly. If you remember the final episode of last season, Coop got shot. And so we found out what happened to Coop in this episode. I did take time to do that earlier today. Like when I could have been recording the podcast, I absolutely was watching All American to find out what happened to Coop. Don't judge me. It's a podcast about pop culture. How am I talking about pop culture if I ain't watching no pop culture? Come on, work with me. Insecure 
is back. I meant to mention that Insecure was coming back last episode because we talked so much about TV and film, but I totally spaced. But Insecure is back. This episode has caused much pain, as the former governor of New York used to say. That was one of his favorite phrases, much pain. The former disgraced governor of New York. I still can't believe Cuomo did that shit. You was grabbing titties at the job, sir. But yeah, this episode, it was a good episode. It was solid. I think because we spent, what, like five seasons as like as a, as a community, right? Like Insecure comes on and then we have like a bunch of debates about Insecure the next day. And there's usually something gray area enough where there's debate to be had. I don't know if like the show didn't give us enough gray area or we just wanted to like, you know, find ways to engage each other. So we came up with like the dumbest shit possible to do so. One of the cast members on the show, like to an actress, just want to be clear what her role is, an actress. Her character is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. She wore pink and green outfits on the show. And apparently she also wore the letters, and the shield of the organization. So it wasn't shown in full, but enough of it was shown that people, particularly those who were in the organization, did notice. Now, some people in the organization saw it, and they gave two dams. A character is an AKA, and the character wore pink and green, and the character wore the shield. I know that sororities can be very territorial about who wears their letters, and I totally get that. And I'll actually go out on a limb here and say that overall, what I saw in the reaction to the letters being shown or the shield being shown, the vast majority of people that I saw who were in Greek letter, black Greek letter organizations were like, it's fine. It was a positive representation of their organization on a hit show. And then also, I think they gave the benefit of the doubt, which I think was fair, that HBO got the clearance in order to show the letters and the shield, which I'm like, like 99.98% sure without ever calling anyone over at HBO, like that they got the clearances. Like there's a whole department dedicated to that. And just from my minimal experience on TV, either being in front of the camera or behind it, TV folks are really, um, what's the word, obsessive about clearances. Like I remember when I was on that reality TV show, I had to take all of the art down off of my walls. Like people were like, why are you living in a place like your walls are painted, but like you ain't got no art. Well, they didn't want to pay the clearances for the art. So I had to take down, like I had a bunch of movie posters. I had um, a bunch of paintings, some who are are well-known artists. I had to take all that stuff down for filming because they didn't want to pay the clearances. Even the, um, the collages that I used to do of magazines, if you followed me for a really long time, like you've, you've seen um, the doors to my closets or even some of the other doors in the house, but they made me take those down too because technically the magazines who published those images or the photographers own the image and they would have had to get a clearance and pay for it to show it on TV. So the idea that HBO didn't clear the, the crest or the use of the letters um, that were worn by the actress. And again, the actress is like slim to none. But a lot of people were mad. They were mad at the show for showing a character wearing their letters. They thought it was disrespectful. And I say a lot of people, but not all. But it was a vocal, a very vocal group. And then they were mad at the actress for wearing the letters 
because she's not a member of the organization. And the actress came out and she said, like, no, I'm, I'm not a member of this organization. She says, I am an actress who did read lines from the, the script that I was given for the show that I am contracted to work on. And I did wear the outfit that was assigned to me during the course of my work for the show that I am contracted to work on. It was all very confusing. My general stance on things like this is if a group is offended, particularly if you're not a member of that group, I don't think you get um, an opinion you can have, a valid opinion on whether that group should be offended or not. I've said this about Black Lives Matter folks, Black folks in general, Stop Asian Hate folks, Asian folk in general, LGBTQIA folk. If a group says that they are offended... If you're not a member of that group, you don't get to tell them what they should find offensive or not. So I'll take the same stance here. If members of the organization say it's offensive, then, you know, maybe it is. I personally think that, you know, folks are kind of doing a lot. Sometimes the actress, sometimes is you know, considered controversial. She's had some backlash, you know, so I think maybe sometimes people may not um, be a fan of the actress. And so this is just another way to like picket her. I feel like this one's a little petty, to be honest. I mean, one, she's an actress, too. But I think it was a positive representation. I could totally see if the organization was slandered somehow. Like, I could totally see the uproar over something like that. But I was like, one of the biggest black shows on TV, which is like a cultural phenomenon, includes a character from your organization and shows your organization in a very positive light. What exactly are you mad at? Just because, like, you... I don't know, cross the burning sands for your right to wear the shield and she just gets to wear it as an actress? Like, is that what it is? So you want no representation or implied representation, but not outright representation? Or you just don't want nobody wearing your shit? Is that what it is? I don't, I don't know. I thought it was a little petty. I also thought folks going after um, Lawrence... So Lawrence is obviously a fan favorite from Insecure. He's been around since like season one. Here we are, what, five years later. There's a whole Lawrence hive. People have very strong opinions about Lawrence, especially in relation to Issa. But Lawrence is played by um, Jay Ellis. And Jay Ellis is married. And Jay Ellis is married to a non-melanated woman. And folks were very upset about that today on the Twitter and I was like, are you serious right now? You know my stance on interracial dating. I mean, like, love who loves you, love who you feel like loving, I, I don't care. The only time my eyebrows get raised about it is when, particularly when black men especially, try to, like, denigrate black women to justify dating out of their race. And I'm like, I, I don't care. Just like if you want to date like a white chick or, or a Latina or Asian or whoever, whoever you want to date that's not a black woman, you don't have to justify shit to me. Like go do what you do and leave me out of it. My only time that I get upset is like when a guy is like, well, because black women don't do this or this is what's wrong with black women. And I don't need to regurgitate like the, you know, the long list of things that people find as flaws in black women, sometimes that they don't find in other groups of women, like it's cute when they do it, but when black women do it, no. Okay. If you keep black women's, you know, individual names and as a group, if you keep us out of your mouth, like live your life. I don't care. Be happy. Go forth. I this is not shit I have time to care about. But yeah, but they were like coming for his wife and I was like, that's just grimy. 
Like he's never said anything to my knowledge negative about black women. So if he wants to, you know, have fun in the snow, then, you know, get a coat, get a North Face, enjoy the snow. (sighs) What else? That actually might be it. Have I done anything else? HBO, All American, Insecure. Oh, Queen Sugar. By the time you listen to this podcast, which probably will be sometimes on Wednesday, Queen Sugar, the latest episode of Queen Sugar would have aired. I think it was on hiatus last week. Ralph Angel, and just because I'm not sure if you had a chance to see this episode yet, I'll save the good details for next week or for like a social media post, one or the other. But Ralph Angel, Ralph Angel. Let me say this first. I love Queen Sugar because it's a really smart, good show with well-developed characters. I like these people so much that they feel like family. But because I like the characters so much and the show has been on for so long and because I feel like these people are family, I have a visceral reaction to some of the dumb shit that members of this family do. And in particular, I've been very upset like real world upset over a fictional character, the choices of Ralph Angel this season. I'm going to talk about some things that happened a couple episodes ago. And one of them was Ralph Angel and his pregnant wife, Darla, have been in financial straits. Their their crop didn't come in as it was supposed to. It had been tampered with. Too much pesticide had been put down, so it killed the crop. So there's that. And then Ralph Angel quit his job. He had a job at a nursing home. He quit that job. I'm not really sure why. Um, I think because the crops were coming in and he needed to focus on that. So, okay. So he was out of work. The crops didn't come in like they were supposed to. He'd had several payday loans that he was having a problem paying back. And the payday loan people said, hey, your land has been put up as collateral And if you don't pay us, then we're going to come take your land. And we've talked about this before. Darla came to him and she said, hey, I have some money sitting in an account that my parents gave to me that I can access. I just need to call and, you know, clear it. But I'm sure they'll be fine. But it's not a lot, but it's just a little something to hold us over because I know things are tight right now. And Ralph Angel was like, nope, I'm your husband and I'm going to provide for this family. So no, don't take that money from your family because I don't want them thinking like I'm down here and can't take care of my wife and children. Okay. But the truth was he couldn't, he couldn't. And so instead of accepting the money that his wife had access to, and instead of asking one of his family members, all of who have long money and could have donated a little bit of something to him to make sure that he and Darla could just be all right and hold them over until they figured out what's next. Ralph Angel decided instead of putting his pride aside and asking family for help that he was going to go rob some shit. And in this episode, his family finds out what he's done. And Ralph Angel sits there. This is a spoiler. I'm not giving the whole episode away, but this part. Ralph Angel sits there and goes like on some full Eldridge Cleaver type shit from Sold on Ice. If you don't know what the Eldridge Cleaver type shit is. Eldridge Cleaver was a Black Panther. He was convicted of raping a white woman. 
And Eldridge Cleaver wrote a whole fucking book, Soul on Ice, justifying his rape of this white woman, saying that, you know, white men had pillaged and plundered black people's stuff for so long that him raping this white woman was payback for what he had been through or what black people had been through. And I was like, nigga, you's a whole rapist. You can't justify that. You, you can't justify, well, white men have taken so much, so now I'm going to rape this random white woman? Nigga. Ralph Angel sat up there and said, the Landrys have taken so much from the border loans, so I was just getting even and getting back what's mine. Nigga. It's not my favorite word, but sometimes there's no other word that accurately describes the mindset or the behavior of someone who is trying to justify the unjustifiable. Sir, you stole. Yes, I fully understand that the Landrys have done terrible things to your family over the years. And still, you stole. And was indignant about it too. Because people were like, we can't believe you did this. Why didn't you come to us? Why didn't you ask? Blah, blah, blah. And he just got real like righteous. And I was like, nigga, you wasn't thinking about like, I'm going to get back what they took from me. You was trying to get fast money. Because you didn't want your ego to be damaged. You didn't want to tell people you needed help. And you didn't want to accept help from your woman wife. That wasn't no get back. That wasn't no righteousness. Then he tried to spin it like that. And I was like, sir, I was yelling at the screen. I watch a lot of TV lately. I haven't yelled at the screen about any of this nonsense. I ain't yelled at the screen about BMF. I ain't yelled at the screen about Queens. Oh, I finally did watch, um, what is it called? Squid Game. I watched the first episode there was red light, green light. I was so excited when like, that big-ass doll popped on the screen. I didn't even yell about that. And that's crazy. Squid Game is crazy. I've been trying to watch an episode a night, but I keep falling asleep. Probably because I do too much during the day. Like, once I get in the bed, I'll be ready to pass out. But, yeah. But, Ralph Angel, I really had to yell at the screen. Like, I was like, this Negro here. This Negro here. The last time I was this irate about a Negro, hell was last week, but it was Kyrie Irving. Which, did y'all hear this nonsense? I didn't look up the story. I just heard about it. Some folks in Brooklyn, I was like, these got to be gentrifiers. This ain't nobody actually raised in the borough of Brooklyn. Stormed the Barclays Center in protest of Kyrie Irving not being allowed to play because he refuses to be vaccinated. I was like, what in the white? Is occurring now. I do not understand this. Let me see if I can look up that story real quick. Because I would like some justification. Make it make sense. Please make it make sense. Demonstrators. They stood outside the Barclays Center. They didn't storm it. They didn't get inside. They attempted to storm the arena. This happened on Sunday. This is according to the Daily News. A group of anti-COVID vaccine mandate protesters marched through Brooklyn and attempted to force their way into Barclays Center in support of Kyrie Irving. The Net star has been temporarily banished from the team until he fulfills the city's vaccine mandate. Barclays Security told the Daily News the protesters chanted, let Kyrie play and tried to barge through the metal barricades into the arena's front doors. We don't play that. The security member told the news, adding that they, quote, shut that shit down fast. That's a black person without seeing any pictures of the security guard. That was a black person. Oh, and I'm sorry. Okay, I'm looking at video of the protesters. 
This is black folks, y'all. I said what in the white because I couldn't I couldn't imagine black people doing this dumb shit. It's a bunch of black people doing this shit. You've got to be kidding me. Waving a red, black, and green American flag. You've got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. My bad, white people. When I hear about foolish vaccine shit, I just picture white people. I did not think those are black people doing that shit. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. Yo, what is happening in Brooklyn? That's not the way black folks behave. I just knew that was some gentrifiers doing that dumb shit. And yet, it ain't. I'm concerned, black people of Brooklyn. What's going on out there? Oh, you know, one thing we didn't talk about. I'm sorry. We'll save this because I actually want to have an expert come on and talk about it. This um, this pad versus tampon debate that's been happening on social media. It, it kicked off because um, this woman tweeted about her pad sticking to the hairs of her rear end. I'm trying to be less crass right now. And a woman responded. She's like, who wears pads out of middle school WTF something like that and so it set off like this whole debate about pads versus tampons and then conversation about diva cup entered the chat and just for full transparency I'm a tampon girl they don't bother me everyone's veggie responds how it responds to whatever it responds to manage your veggie as you see fit and I will do the same that's my stance on pads versus tampons wear what is comfortable for you but I've never tried the diva cup. Like I'm fine with tampons. Like it works for me. So I never branched out into something else. But we got into this really vigorous conversation about diva cups on my Facebook page. And one of my readers swears by her diva cup. And people like me who have never tried it had a bunch of questions. They were like, we know, is it messy? Because I heard it can like spill and then like blood goes everywhere and it looks like a homicide. And she was like, with my diva cup, she was like, you just press down like you're trying to take a poop. And she was like, it'll tilt and the blood will flow out. I was like, huh? And then she went on and she was like, yeah. And so she was like, and when you're, you know, ready to pop it back into place, you just do like a quick Kegel and it like pops back in how it's supposed to be. And then you can go on about your day. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like you just, you know, popping stuff to the side and popping it back in. And I was like, sis, um, that sounds like some magic cat. I do my Kegels and such, but I was like, I don't think my lady does all of that. She was like, if you can cough, laugh, or sneeze without peeing on yourself a little bit, then you have a strong pelvic floor and you can do it. And I was like, sis, no, my lady, I don't think she does that. And she was like, I'm telling you, she was like, I have birthed five big head boys and I can do it. So I'm sure you who no one's passed through your birth canal, I'm sure you can. And I was like, look. I don't know if my lady can do it, but I'm willing to test it out and try. So now I'm trying to find like a diva cup. I want to see, you know, if I have magic cat. And if I don't, if I can like, you know, learn some tricks. That's fascinating. Is anybody else using a diva cup and like, you know, doing parlor tricks with their lady? Like, I'm very curious about this. The only parlor trick that I... (laughs) This is so stupid. Do you remember that Humans of New York story about um, 
What was the woman's name? She was nude entertainment back in the 70s. And she was talking about, I want to say like working the theaters in Times Square when they used to all be like, you know, like nudie spots. And she was talking about some girl that would, um, she would serve the patrons who came to her shows. She would warm the hot dogs in her lady and then shoot them out. Y'all remember that story? Wild, wild, cute girl too. I was like, it's never crossed my mind to put a hot dog anywhere there or shoot it out. But you know, I don't work in nude entertainment. That's not my, you know, foray. I guess if you work in nude entertainment, you must find different ways to be nude and entertaining. That's, that's a lot. I'm going to just stick to like, you know, shifting a diva cup around. I'm so curious about this. I'll let y'all know how it goes. I ordered one on Amazon. I hope I got the right thing. But yeah, but let me know. Like if you are flipping and dipping your diva cup with like, look ma, no hands. I would very much like to know about it. I mean, like give me pointers because I'm trying to, you know, do some magic tricks just to entertain myself. All right, y'all. That's the episode for this week. I know my father is listening to this like, Demetria, what in God's name are you talking about? I would have told you not to listen, dad, but you said every time I say that, like it makes you want to listen more. So now you may know more about me than you ever intended. Thanks for listening. All right, y'all. I'll be back with another episode on Friday. It's going to be late too because because of what I have to do on Wednesday and Thursday. I'll try to get it back on the regular cycle, but my life is a little overwhelming right now. And it's, um, it's some shit on the table that I got to do. Like I can't say no to. Or I don't want to say no to. And I'm trying to make a whole bunch of things happen. And find an assistant. I was talking to him the other day. He sent me, um, he sent me flowers. It's a congratulations for my Ebony 100. And it's a beautiful arrangement. The vase is, it looks like a, a Greco-Roman statue. It's a woman's head. And then like the flowers are emerging from the top. So kind of like big fluffy hair, but like clearly not a coincidence. Like clearly, cause you know, I have big fluffy hair. He really likes my hair big, like the bigger, the better, but it's really beautiful and it smells really pretty. And I put it on my desk. So it's like sitting next to me while I tape the podcast. And when I go to sleep, I'm going to move it to, to my, um, my nightstand. So it'll be, you know, I can see it when I first wake up in the morning. I'm so fucking corny right now. Oh, my God. He'd be real sweet when he want to be. Somebody uh, wrote to me the other day, and they were like, I love when you talk about him because, like, your voice changes. And I was like, does it? And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God. I called him to thank him, and I told him that I was like, I'm very smitten with you right now. And he said, I know. And I was like, really? Most people would say thank you or like, I too am smitten with you. He's like, no, I did good. I thought hard about that bouquet. He was like, you were supposed to be smitten. That's, that's what I wanted. And I was like, ah. And then sat here and looked up flight <laughs> to Vegas. All right, I'm out, y'all. We'll talk again. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.